Welcome to my podcast, Big Lessons from a Small Island. I am Sophia Robinson, and I'm an author, a blogger, and a coach. I write about life lessons, my experiences, and my philosophy on life, sprinkled with fun, humor, and big love from a small island. My mission is to inspire you to embrace every part of your story and to try something new. Welcome back to my podcast, Big Lessons from a Small Island. I hope you've been enjoying it so far. And if you haven't done so already, I would love it if you could leave a rating and a review and definitely hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode of this first season. Today, my episode is on what I learned about changing my mind. And if you, in case you've forgotten, you can read about these posts on my blog, www.39andcounting.com. You can pick up my book on there as well. Just pop into the shop and you can find it there. And you can send me an email at 39andcountingblog at gmail.com. Lesson seven, what I learned about changing my mind. The past decade brought some serious changes into my life. A thyroid disorder, difficulty waking up in the morning, a few gray hairs, a move across the world, and a widened reading list, to name a few. But the thing that feels as if it has changed the most significantly is my mind. There's so many things I've changed my mind about over the past 10 years, and if I'm honest, some of them were things I was pretty sold on. If you had told a 20-something-year-old me that there were certain thoughts and beliefs that I would let go of in favor of new ones, she would not have believed you. It is not my intention to tell you all of the things I've changed my mind about over the past decade. I've written about many of them, and I link to a number of those posts at the end of this one. So if you want to see those links, you go to my blog, www.39counting.com, click on the blog, look for the 10 lessons I've learned over the last 10 years, lesson seven, and at the end of that, you'll find a whole host of links to previous posts about how I have changed my mind. Suffice to say, I have changed my mind a lot, and far more importantly, I became open to the idea of changing my mind. When I entered the past decade, I was pretty sure about many of the things I knew about and believed, and they seemed pretty sound. I didn't think I had a lot to change my mind about, and I was pretty comfortable in my view of the world. However, as the years rolled by, it became clear to me there was so much I didn't know, so much we all didn't know, some of the things I'd learned as facts in secondary school, and even in university, have been called into question as technology has demonstrated how limited our collective knowledge has been and continues to call into question the things we think we know. Some of the things I believed from my faith to the things I believed about my own abilities were stretched beyond recognition in good and in terrible ways. I have so many more questions than answered now, and I didn't even used to like unanswered questions. Honestly, I still don't. These days, I am less focused on answering the question and more focused on asking better questions. And these days, I'm still continuing to learn and to change my mind, or at the very least, expand it around ideas and so-called facts. Here are three key things I learned that allowed me to change my mind so much over the last decade. Number one, I could be wrong. One of the books I'm currently reading is called A More Beautiful Question, The Power of Inquiry to Spark Breakthrough Ideas, and that is by Warren Berger. 
He talks about the power of inquiry and something that he stresses is that in order to be able to think critically, you need to be able to be wrong. By becoming better at accepting that I could be wrong about something and sometimes even assuming that I'm wrong, I was able to open myself up to other possibilities and see the logic or evidence for new ideas. If there's one thing I have observed over the years in others as well as myself is that it is hard to let go of entrenched beliefs. And sometimes the idea that I was wrong was terrifying. There is something scary about facing the reality that you are wrong about the things that you fundamentally believe because it can feel like you're losing your identity and that can be very difficult to cope with. Sometimes it is hard to embrace being wrong because it brings with it the fear of isolation from a family or a community that is tied together by a common belief. I definitely had that feeling when my beliefs around my faith began to change. It made me ask the question, who am I? I wondered who I was without those beliefs or without the community that I had built up. And even now, I don't have a satisfactory answer. But by getting to a place where I was okay with being wrong, I became so much more able to sit in the discomfort that came along with not having a mind made up about faith and having more questions than answers. And this has also applied to other areas of my life. Being able to be wrong allowed me to change my mind, and in some cases, to change it back. It allowed me to be open, and that actually brings me to my second point. I could be open. Once I became better at allowing myself to be wrong, the next step was the ability to be open to new information, to different ways of doing things, and to throwing some opinions out altogether and embracing new ones. Being open doesn't mean that I agree with or embrace all beliefs and opinions that come my way. I can still make decisions about what I believe or agree with and what I don't. What being open did mean for me was increased compassion and empathy for those who had different beliefs or practices to mine. And it allowed me to see what I had in common with people who appear to be different from me, meaning that I have been able to build some great connections over the years with people that I might have clashed with previously because we did not have the same beliefs. Number three, I understood that it was okay to change my mind. This is probably the biggest thing I learned during this time and something I wish I had known when I was younger. Sometimes I think that I received or perceived mixed messages about being able to change my mind. I somehow thought that valuing loyalty, commitment, and perseverance meant that changing my mind was not an option. Once I began a particular course of action, I needed to see it through sometimes to the bitter end. I believe there was no honor in an unfinished task. And I often felt shame when I changed my mind or didn't finish what I started. In addition, I was afraid. I feared being called fickle and indecisive. I feared not appearing not committed. I worried about being a quitter and being seen as a quitter, being seen as unreliable and having people not believe or support me when I made a decision or started something because deep down, they didn't believe in my ability to finish what I started. And in all fairness, I put some of this judgment on myself. But I realize now it can be an act of bravery to change my mind, not cowardice or laziness. I have no desire to hold fast to beliefs or actions in the face of new information. I no longer see quitting something that isn't aligned or that isn't working as being fickle. And if I can't decide about continuing on a particular path, I take a break. 
I get up, I walk away from the table and come back later to see if I'm going to dedicate my time and my energy to finishing it. I reserve the right to change my mind and sometimes I won't have a good reason. I value my time and my energy and if I realize that a particular thought, belief or course of action is a drain on those resources, I reserve the right to choose something else. And the truth is, I sometimes grieve those times when I change my mind, those lost opportunities and lost connections. Sometimes it is hard to give up the things that feel like a part of us, even when they aren't serving us. But that doesn't change the fact that for me, it is okay to change my mind. I will often face consequences, but I will always remind myself, it is okay to change my mind. The more I became okay with changing my mind, the more I realized I like having my thoughts provoked and questioned. I like new ideas and concepts. When I question what I believe and the course of action I take because of it, sometimes it becomes stronger and more robust, and other times it is dismantled. As the decade progressed, I became more and more comfortable with the discomfort of an unanswered question. I changed my mind about the things I believed and the things I started, about relationships. Sometimes it wasn't nearly as scary as I thought. Other times it was terrifying, and I did it anyway. I recently read a book called What Alice Forgot by Leanne Moriarty, and I featured it in one of my What's on My Shelf blog posts in 2019. It perfectly encapsulates how I felt when I considered the person I am in 2020 and the life I'm living in comparison to what I was doing in 2010. I'm going to read an excerpt from it. You can find the entire post on my blog. I won't give away the story, but this book is about a lady named Alice who woke up one day after hitting her head and could not remember the last 10 years of her life. It is a story about life, about families, and about time. It got me thinking, what would happen if I woke up and I had forgotten the last 10 years of my life and the 31-year-old version of myself found herself here in 2019? I wonder what would confuse her most of all. Would it be that the guy from the American version of The Apprentice was running the USA? Would I wonder where all the DVDs disappear to? Why my phone was the size of a small TV and why everything hurt all the time? That book was definitely a reminder to me that a lot can change in 10 years, even though it may not feel that way while we're living it. It reminded me of an interesting truth, that as time goes by, each individual experience we have can chip away at us and gradually erode certain parts of us while adding other aspects until we become unrecognizable versions of ourselves. That is what time does to us, time and experiences. With each experience, we are changed into a slightly different version of ourselves. And without that awareness or intention, we may change into someone we might walk right past in the street. I learned a hard lesson several years ago when I was faced with the tragic death of a friend. I could truly not predict how I would react in any given situation, how I would respond, how it would affect me. There's so many other factors working on that. Sometimes something can happen to us and we're strong and we're resilient and connected. Let that same thing happen when we're exposed and isolated and we will react in an entirely different way. It taught me to be more compassionate to others and to myself. Then we take actions that we didn't think we would take. And this book was a reminder of that for me. And the other lesson came from something that Alice said towards the end of the book. When she was able to look at her memories, her life over the previous 10 years, as facts 
without all of the emotions wrapped up into it, she was able to untangle it and ultimately create massive shifts. It reminded me of how much our emotion can cloud the reality of something, especially if we don't have a healthy way of managing those emotions by expressing them and feeling them. So tell me, how do you feel about changing your mind? How do you feel about being wrong? What is the one thing you used to believe that you no longer believe? How has changing your mind made your life better? And I look forward to hearing your responses. Um, you can send me an email at 39andcountingblog at gmail.com. You can go into the blog itself and you can leave a comment. And also you will find links to all the other posts I wrote about times I changed my mind. And I bring you big love from a small island.